This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Today in our news edition we've got a spooky, spooktacular special and we're joined by Mikey from Scare Track as well as we've got a bit of a full house today because we've got Dan, we've got Rhett and also we've got Sam as well. Hopefully Sam is slightly less intoxicated than our last episode but it was our festive special so I suppose I'll, I'll let him off. The main news item that we're going to talk about today is that Alton Towers, of course, closed Jewel, the haunted house strikes back, back in September. And as it stands, it looks like they'll be going back to its roots. It'll be becoming the haunted house again. There's been some rumours about what that may look like, but we're going to have a bit of a discussion about that. Also, we're going to talk about some breaking news as of yesterday that Darren Brown's ghost train has been taken off the Fort Park map now. So it looks like um, either the ride's going away or it's going to get a re-theme. Maybe it's not going to be a Darren Brown-themed ride anymore. We don't know. So first, we'll introduce our ghost host, Mikey. How are you doing, Mikey, from Scare Track? Uh, I'm all good, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me back on. I really enjoyed it last time. So, uh, yeah, we're we're all good. It's been Halloween and Christmas and New Year since we all last spoke. So, uh, yeah, excited to be back on, buddy. Brilliant. And how's everyone else doing? I haven't had a drink. I promise you I have not had a drink. <laughs> um, I, so I am, you know, I'm, I'm doing a dry January. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm being a good boy. I'm doing a dry, dry January. January. Yep. So, uh, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, so far... Eight days out of eight, you know, we're, we, we've only been on juice and water. So there you go. Fantastic. Is eight days that much of an achievement? I am doing dry January. Um, I've currently got dry gin and a glass of Pinot Grigio next to me. Only dry spirit to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm also actively drinking right now. So, yeah. Th- and eight days is pretty good. Well, well done, Sam. And you know, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Eight days is eight days dry. Um, and you know what? My body is going to feel so great um, towards the end of the 30 days. So who knows? We'll see if we last that long. I'll sort of, as we do these episodes, I'll keep you updated with how, how it's all going. Um, and hopefully it won't just go down the drain, you know. And I quite enjoyed the last episode. So uh, it's all good either way for me. And you, you're fairly fun with a drinking hand. So, uh, so yeah, e- either way, Sam, all good. Yeah, be day 10 in the Sam household, he cracks open the martini. <laughs> It'll be something like that, I imagine. <laughs> Why is he Jamaican? That's my Jordy. That's my Jordy. Day 45 a.m. Ryan is on the patio discussing this week's shopping task how much iron brew is ryan going to consume he turned scottish after he said iron brew (laughs) (laughs) that went from geordie to scottish and also it's iron brew it's what it does to you yeah i mean iron brew is pretty popular in the north but it is more of a scottish thing you know we 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 do dandelion and burdock in yorkshire you know we do it right (laughs) Uh, you can't say the word. All right, everyone go around and try and say iron brew without trying to sound Scottish. It's, it's quite hard. Like It's just naturally iron brew. Like you have to iron brew. 
you know? Iron Brew. Iron Brew. I don't think I sound that Scottish. I'd probably sound more like black country. <laughs> Iron Brew. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to punch you in the face with a can. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> Iron Brew. I don't think that Iron Brew are going to send us any money. So let's talk less about that. Scrap that sponsorship deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm going anywhere. Unless, unless you want to pay us lots of money, and uh, we'll just get Sam to talk about Iron Brew in every episode. Um, okay, so let's talk about the haunted house. So the haunted house is apparently returning. At Alton Towers. I'm not sure what the timeline looks like. Towers Times uh, reported a few months ago that they thought that it'd probably be a bit like a six month revamp. So we'd see the ride back in 2023. However, I'm not sure that anything has actually happened yet. And from what's been said, it sounds like the re-theme is perhaps going to be a little bit more extensive than, than what we first thought. So I just wanted to get your guys' views on what do you think is going to happen? Do we think the laser guns are going to be gone completely? Are we going to go back to the past and it's going to be pretty much like it was before? Or are we going to see new technology, new methods as well, mixed in with those older scares as well? The one thing that plays on my mind is that the reason why it became dual was that people just weren't going into the haunted house anymore. You know, the queues had just dried up. A bit like the queues had dried up really for dual over the last few years. So it makes me wonder... I, I can't see them going back to just how it was before, because even though it will have a bit of a nostalgia feel to it, it's not really going to bring the crowds in. So for me, it's going to have to be something new. It'll have to be marketed as something new, and we'll have to see some technology that's going to mean that the Haunted House, again, will be one of the best dark rides in, in Europe. I think that's the only way uh, that we can go with this one. So what do you guys think about that? And I'm just I'm amazed that you you think that Jewel can be modernised and it's it was bleeding edge and what what else could you do with that? That is well, true. I mean, but is Jewel, there Jewel, something well, beyond it. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, what we just well, I don't know if it's leading edge. I mean, they had lots of uh, dicey looking zombies kind of hanging around, and you had to kind of shoot them in the face and all that I, kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm know? I'm, I'm just testing. It's, it's really dated. <laughs> It is pretty dead, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that they do, and it kind of leads on to the next bit of news as well about Dan Brown's ghost train, kind of like. But I'm hoping they do something that Darren Brown's tra ghost train should have been originally, and which is just a ghost train for the 21st century, but without anything that needs to be too gimmicky. Dark rides, especially in Europe and America, they're stunning. They're beautiful. There's amazing tech. There's some great. Um, great effects in there so i'm hoping they you know get rid of the guns that's a very sort of noughties sort of popular popular thing wasn't it really so many places came out with gun rides that you shoot things um i think we're sort of past that now or at least there's newer versions of it so i'm hoping it's basically just a, a ghost train but a ghost train that's made now and which is exactly what it is, but we haven't had a, a ghost train for years and years and years. We can only really compare them to sort of a dated product, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the um, I think it's actually been confirmed that the guns are going. Now, I don't know if it's been genuinely confirmed, but I'm, I've heard from fairly good sources that the guns are going. 
um, which I'm a fan of. In fact, I'm one of the people that generally will not even use the guns quite a lot of the time and just sit and just kind of enjoy all the scenery and everything. Um, The best thing about the guns going is those horrible LEDs disappearing that have just gouged holes into the side of all the set. Um, they, They were a big mistake. Uh, and hopefully they get rid of zombies because zombies are just awful. Um, okay, so actually, um, in, in all seriousness, I, I guess it depends on, on age and demographic and all that, but I, I quite enjoyed the guns because I, I went on with, with my kid and he absolutely loved shooting the zombies. And when we went to America, like Toy Story Mania is a really good example of where the guns can work and they, they work really well, uh, but only with cutting-edge technology, which obviously... Uh, jewel jewel doesn't have so i i would have actually quite enjoyed like a toy story mania spooky twist with a gun i, th- I think that would have been really good uh, and appeal to quite quite a wide range of ages yeah dan i'm i'm, I'm kind of with you on that i really enjoy the interactivity of of a of, of a of a shooter ride especially as we've seen essentially the variation of kind of interactive inter- interactive shooter, shooter games come out now more and more you know we've seen um as you say Taurus Domania we've seen um the new Spider-Man ride at Disneyland Paris which uses kind of similar technology we've seen Ninjago and Legoland Windsor um and of course um we've seen um a really great example of a shooter game is in Warner Brothers World at Abu Dhabi, um, which uses the Looney Tunes kind of suite and has physical sets that interact um, as well as screens. So it's a mixture between Torch Mania and um, kind of, I guess, the dual side of practical effects. And that's really popular. So I, I definitely agree with you, Dan, there. I don't think that <clears throat> should necessarily be lost because I think it, it creates a nice bridge of like family entertainment where the whole family can verse each other and have that like playfulness um one thing and this is just purely based on my personal speculation um and my personal opinion uh so there's nothing necessarily behind this um i wonder if they're going to go down the route of uh sticking an ip to it so we know merlin has signed deals with sony and um, because we've seen that obviously with um Jumanji at Chessington and Jumanji at Heidi Park, right? Um, and subsequently, there was also d- deals there signed with other manufacturers and such. Um, so my wonder is, are we then going to see something from the Sony library being brought into Jewel? I mean, we know they've done a Ghostbusters shoot 'em upper um, attraction in, um, gosh, in Heidi Park. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that would work amazingly and i think if you're talking about a really strong ip that is timeless and i say timeless ad because um a lot of these ips that are now coming in jumanji as great as it is it doesn't really have that kind of timeless feel as ghostbusters which kind of spans generations now i wonder would it would it be a move for Molten towers and i guess merlin to have picked up that ip with sony that they've already got this relationship with and use that as a as a massive um marketing push uh you know the new ceo of merlin comes from a marketing background and similar to nick varney so um i wonder if there's going to be some similarities there with some of the decisions that are made and therefore in terms of an investment choice if we see sony and um uh kind of alton towers and merlin i guess continue their partnership and we see ghostbusters being brought into the haunted house 
and in some capacity, whether that's screens and physical sets, whether that's shoot 'em upper, or whether that's a general just really strong dark ride. But that is my just my personal um thoughts, just purely from myself. I think the original kind of rumors were Ghostbusters, but I think they have since been kind of shot down a little bit, mind the pun, not sharp. Um they uh I think that was the original sort of rumours that went round, but I think they stopped and then obviously the whole doll aspect came out and Emily Alton potentially being part of this. They did the whole kind of little closed down thing where they had the signs at the end of the ride. Um, and I wonder if that's where it's going. And I think what we'll see is a dollhouse style haunted house here. I think Emily Alton has literally taken back the haunted house back to its old days and taken over it. The one information we do have, and we know for sure, is a Merlin executive has recently said in an interview that it will be going back to its roots, that the haunted house will be going back to its roots and there will be a lot of Pepper's ghosts and mirror. And obviously what we know as Emily Alton, the little girl in the, um, the house in the queue line is actually a Pepper ghost effect. So it might be interesting to see that maybe Emily Alton is going around the, the haunted house itself and you're following her journey potentially. I think that would be something interesting. Um, yes. And it would be nice to see it go back to that kind of original style. Yeah. So I've, I've got a bit of um, a thought on that. Um, so that the sign at Alton Towers that appeared uh, when it closed, it says, uh, zero six plus nine equals the duel is over. This is my house. So that's what Emily Alton apparently wrote in the haunted house. What I thought, what my take on that was, I thought that that maybe set up a kind of conflict, maybe, and maybe, maybe what Emily Alton is trying to do is to try and take the house back. So maybe she hasn't taken it back yet, and you've got to help her take the house back uh, and that what that's what made me think i wonder if actually what we're going to see is yeah we'll go back to that traditional that traditional way of doing things in some parts of the ride but also we could still see an interactive element to the ride and this is where i think we we get on to kind of dan's point of view with you know children and and younger people you know like that interactivity maybe they don't want to just sit uh in a on a kind of scary ride so i wonder if we'll see some sort of interactive element maybe where emily alton will kind of follow you around the house kind of give you updates or whatever you know and how you're doing and uh, what you'll be doing is kind of getting rid of the the specters so that she can take the house back. And I think that what that what that would allow Alton Towers to do actually is to kind of change up the theme every now and then. The first story is Emily Alton's trying to take the house back. Maybe in a couple of years' time she has taken the house back and now something else is going on. And I think they could maybe change things up like that. So I don't know what you guys think, but um that's what I was thinking when I've kind of read what I've read so far. That's actually really, really, really interesting, um, Ryan. That's That would be a really, really strong choice. And actually, I was just having to think as you were talking then about the different sides of interactivity. Don't forget, I know, obviously, traditionally, we've seen the interactivity come in, come in the form of, of, of guns. But, I mean, just then, uh, as you were speaking, I had a sudden thought. So there's a great attraction. And you can 
whoever's listening out there, if, you, if you've if you not heard about this, I definitely suggest Googling it. Um, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record, but um, it's in uh, it's on Yaz Island um, in Ferrari Worlds in Abu Dhabi. Um, and it's an attraction called Benno's Great Race. And what it is, is it's an interactive dark ride, but it uses um, a completely different type of system. So rather than using guns it, to kind of create that piece of, of interactivity, it uses spanners. Um, and it's bizarre because you have to kind of move the like you have, the, the spanner is is multifunctional. So sometimes it might act like a wand in the respect of like you have to you, you move it across with, with whatever's on the screen. Like it's reactive to where, to where your hand is moving in and the, the motion. Or other times you may have to like touch like uh, different buttons on it and things like that. So it's completely it completely opens the um, the, the the kind of the the possibilities of what you can do in interactive dark ride. So I wonder, Ryan, off the back of what you were saying, absolutely, if they were to do this, Emily Alton takes back the house and and the kind of different, if they were to go down the route of, okay, we want to keep it interactive, again, down with what you were saying for that family piece, but we want to change the interactivity from guns, um, maybe, this is, maybe we could see similar technology being used of, if we don't want to shoot things, what's the other ways that we can get people working together um, as a carriage um, to try and complete a task to cohesively help Emily Alton. So Benno's Great Race is a really good one to look at if you want to see a different style of interactive dark ride. Um, and it just got me thinking. That was all. I like that thinking. I hope everyone else does. <laughs> but that seems like yeah, the best. <laughs> Sorry, we were, we were like, oh, who's going to go next? <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds good, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I personally think that would be a good way to go because then we don't leave lose that interactive element because I, I do think just going back to the haunted house to me doesn't make sense just because that's the reason why they created Jewel in the first place. So, for me, there has to be that interactive element there, but I guess we'll see, won't we? And for full context, when we finished uh, Jewel last time, we went into the little shop by, by, the, uh, by the Jewel um ride and and my son got himself a little first place medal for 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 going through and he was quite proud of himself so uh, you know for kids having that interactive element is is critical because they don't want to be in a dark place that's scary uh but i guess you know they they could be aiming it at an older audience this time and in that case it yeah they might come up with a very different set of of ideas and priorities and all that um but yeah interesting suggestions However, Dan, what will actually happen is at the end of the ride, there will be a garden centre because we all know that kids love a good garden centre. Well, I mean, we <laughs> suggest it, it'll happen. We proved that during lockdown, right? Yeah, I was just about to say, this was definitely, that was the wildest thing, you guys, honestly. Um, it, for context, in lockdown, we all generally made this made this kind of prediction that Alton Towers would have a garden that a garden centre would go perfectly in the gardens. And lo and behold, there was a blooming garden centre. And I think there was a wasn't there a couple of things that we sort of predicted or made jokes of and they actually came true. The garden centre was one, but I'm sure there was another one. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but they they're definitely listening, aren't they? So um, you know, we've got some ideas for you. So you know one more um quick note to add to the uh haunted house stuff. Uh, before we move on to the next item, is that I have heard, and this is not official at all, um, that potentially um, Pete Cliffs, who was the former 
creative director at, at Alton Towers or head of entertainment, who then went on to do Hollivers, which you may know their work from stuff like doing the uh, Wickerman pre-show, for instance. I have heard that he is involved in this project with his either him personally or with his new company, Conductor. Um, I'm not sure. I've heard that. That is purely rumour. Uh, so that could be interesting to see what his input could be because we know how much he's contributed to Alton Towers in the past. So it could be interesting to see if he is involved. Right. So moving down south then, um, for a bit of context, Fort Park have a ride, or they did have a ride, which was called Derren Brown's Ghost Train. If you're not familiar with Derren Brown, Derren Brown is a popular UK magician slash mind freak, but without the style of other mind freak related his magicians. Style of, oh, wow, you, you, his style of magic is called mentalism. Mentalism, um, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a, a mixture of what he would say is magic, misdirection, showmanship, um, and a bit of hypnotism as well involved. Uh, so it's that's how he kind of goes about it. It's not your average card trick magician, that's for sure. No, that's true. And so what Fort Park did um, a number of years ago, I think, um, did it open around sort of five or six years ago? They teamed up with Darren Brown and they created this this dark ride. And uh, the ride involves um, using headsets um, and it's meant to kind of, you know, use misdirection, like you say, and other mental aspects of listening to audio and um it's fair to say that it's not been very popular i think in the first six months people were kind of excited to see you know what would come of it but i think in the end um ultimately it's not been that popular so what we've seen is that now if you look at the fort park map it's actually disappeared but we've had no other news apart from that so I want to see what your opinion was on what's happening. Is it just a temporary removal? Is it going to go standing but not operating? Are we going to see a slight re-theme, but it's not going to be called Darren Brown's Ghost Train anymore? Or are we going to see something completely brand new? And maybe it'd be a good opportunity because if they're going to be working on the haunted house uh, up in Alton Towers, you know, can they get a bit of a two-for-one deal? on some equipment maybe so <laughs> i wanted to see what your guys opinion is on that one i'm i'm just fed up of down brown's ghost train which sounds a bit nasty and whatnot but i just feel it's it was really like sort of brave of them to try something so new and um something that you know the kind of the world hadn't seen before but i just I just think even with different incarnations of it and the changing up of it, I just feel that there's some such standout sections, but it's the whole experience is just let down by the overall experience. If that makes sense. Like it feels more of a faff rather than an experience. And I feel that, you know, people are lazy. They want to be able to sit down and just enjoy something immersive that you have to go in, go to this bit, do that bits put your headsets on they might work they might not then you have to go and wander around a little bit that used to have an actor now it doesn't or it looks a bit different but it's not really that special and then oh we're getting back onto a train again oh it's changed color and then you have to go back and more vr which you can now get at home anyway i just feel that the whole idea was kind of dated too quickly and it's just a bit of a faff so 
I don't know. Like I'm hoping it's something completely new. It's a massive, massive space in the middle of a really small theme park. So whether they'll leave it, like you say, SBNO for a little bit and hopefully use the space for something better, um, I think that would be the best case scenario at the minute. I guess just just from a, a technical perspective, um, the the VR that all of these rides deployed. It wasn't just the the Darren Brown um, Ghost Train. It was Galactica at Alton Towers. It was Kraken at SeaWorld. They they all used sort of the first gen of VR, like HTC Vive, uh, the original iter- uh, it, iteration of of that headset, uh, which was very low in in pixel count, very narrow field of view. So it, it really limited what you could do with with the headsets. Um, and then if they wanted to update them, it wouldn't just be a small update. They'd have to create a whole new experience for a different kind of headset. So they all box themselves in. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming, they, you know, there is no small update to that ride. It, w- it would be a complete refurb in terms of how the, the headset works, which headset brand they're, they're going with. And and a lot of these rides have just have just shut down the VR option and reverted back to what they were originally um, because of that limitation. So I imagine this is exactly the same situation, you know, with with uh, the Darren Brown experience. I think the one thing that I'd like to add to this is that I actually only rode Darren Brown's Ghost Train this just year, just gone, um, and I thought it was brilliant. I saw all of its flaws, and I saw that the VR wasn't perfect, and I saw that. Actually, the um, hydraulics didn't work at the end and all these different things that were wrong with it. But you could see where it was supposed to go. Um, and like you said, this this technology gets dated really quickly. And you can do most of this stuff at home now on an Oculus and stuff like that. Um, but I'm actually just watching a video of how the ride system works. And I don't know if any of you guys know how the ride system works. It is so utterly complex where it pulls away from where its original spot is, goes around in a big circle, parks in multiple places, moves over. On top of that, it is a motion simulator. When you are sat on that train, you 100% feel like you are moving on an underground train. They have absolutely nailed that. I was really impressed. Um, I think they took on too much. I think if you sat on a train... And then you got off and that's kind of where it went. Then then I think it would have been a far smoother experience. Also, the shop ending, that that caught me off guard as well. I genuinely didn't know that was happening because uh, I stayed spoiler free for about five years, which was pretty good. However, I do have some news that may be related to this. Not many people will know, but Darren Brown recently had an auction of a lot of the stuff in his household. In amongst this auction was the heads used to promote the actual ghost trade. If anyone remembers, there was imagery of these two dolls in a train station. <clears throat> they were like old porcelain dolls, for instance. Um, those were in the auction. And I wondered maybe that is a sign of him cutting ties with that and he sold them on, for instance. It, it could That could be something to do with this, maybe? Yeah, no, it's, it's all, um, all actually interesting points. Uh, I wonder if you're right, Brett, if he is cutting ties, um, because I also wonder how long the the partnership was originally meant to last. Um, and when did Ghost Train open? I'm trying to think. I'm sure it was like 14, 15. Has anyone got the got the date? Um, because it's quite been a significant amount of time now. 
close to close to 10 years, I want to say, because I was at university when it was all happening. Um, gosh, that's scary. Uh, so I wonder if, if a, if the, if the, if the partnership between the two of them have, has now expired. Um, but also, yeah, I think you're right, Mikey. I kind of, um, I, I agree with what you were saying. Um, I think they kind of bit off more than they could chew. And I think it was such high tech in terms of the actual, um, the actual technology of the ride of like the hardware of the ride was so complex and um, Brett, as you were saying, and so uh, high tech, but actually, you know, Dan, coming back to your point is, is the, uh, the VR side of things, which it felt like that was kind of second, second hand to the actual hardware of the ride. Like they spent a lot of money and budget and everything on the actual ride hardware, which naturally is going to happen anyway, because that's the most expensive bit. But then the VR bit was like, okay, let's let's throw some bits together and let's kind of make it work. And actually that is what's dating it because the VR isn't, we don't find now VR to be that incredible. You know, VR is so, um, is so, it's everywhere now. It's it's one of the most consumable leisure activities. If you think of um, all the different VR um, activity places like the Void and and um, there's a couple of places in London as well. Um, I can never is it like VR playground or whatever. You know what I mean? Where people can experience the, the, these VR things. So I think VR is was potentially what is is what is dating it. I think if you were just to take out the VR and make it more of a a practical experience where you were in physical sets and moving around physical things that take out the VR element to it or somehow keep the ride hardware. I think it would still have an impact and would still hold testament to what it is. I think where it, where it kind of um, lacks is, is with the VR. Um, and then if they are going to, if they have cut ties with Darren Brown or Darren Brown, sorry, does this mean that um, they're going to have to reshoot uh, a lot of VR stuff. Does this mean that they're going to have to reshoot the the opening theme, and they're going to have to completely change it up um, and do a layover? And would it would it carry if Darren's name wasn't attached to it? Right. Um, it's interesting. It's going to be it's going to be a really interesting one to watch to see what they do to make that space become useful again because it was so as you were saying mikey it was a really brave thing for them to do and <clears throat> i really love that they spent i love that they spent so much money on a really strong or what was at the time a really strong dark ride um because it's quite rare for a uk park to invest in a highly highly themed dark ride experience i would argue i think we often see coasters that are really well themed but for a dark ride experience and one to be the, the level of what Dan Brown was, especially we, we know with the audience that Thought Park has to um, contend to, to create, to make a dark ride that was going to hold that um, demographic of teenagers and young adults between the ages of what, um, 14 to uh, to sort of 35 is, um, it's a really hard job. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what the future is. You know, but it's interesting to hear everyone's points. Definitely, I mean, Ryan, what do you think they're going to do? Um, so it's interesting that you you mentioned the demographic. I guess if you're not aware, Fort Park generally is um, an older demographic than Alton Towers. So while I think the haunted house, I think they'll go for that interactive element that will 
attract you know younger adults or, or children i wouldn't be surprised if if fort park go for something a bit edgier i i don't know if we'll go like the fully into a, a horror kind of theme but i quite like the idea that they would play on that that they have the sore ip and i wonder if there's something else that they could maybe latch onto. Um, I, I quite like the idea of maybe using, maybe it's not as popular here in the UK, but like Jordan Peele has done some, you know, excellent, you know, horror films slash uh, thrillers. And I wonder if they could maybe lean into something like that. I think the train, the, because of the investment and the mechanism and everything, they're still going to have to use that. So I don't know if they could, you know, fashion something, you know, about a, a runaway train and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the VR, but I don't see how it would work without the VR. Um, like Dan was saying, it would require uh, a massive overhaul or at least an upgrade in terms of the technology. Maybe this is the opportunity to do it. You know, Darren Brown has maybe uh, cut ties. So they're thinking, okay, let's close it for a bit. Um, we'll invest in the hardware and we'll reopen it as something else. So I'd like, I'd definitely like them to keep it uh, as a dark ride. I think they just need to rethink it and maybe tie it into something that feels a bit more relevant to people today. Because I think it's fair to say that Darren Brown perhaps isn't as popular as he was when it opened. It opened back in 2016. I think it's maybe fair to say that. I was going to ask that question is because that that's the obvious one to me. A decade ago, it was it was always on the TV, and I haven't seen him in at least five years. And you know, if if they're appealing to, I, you're saying that they're appealing to an older demographic, so maybe that doesn't matter as much. But if there is an element of uh, you know concern over the younger audience, that would be a that would be a huge deal breaker to me. Yeah, I think so because maybe. You know, maybe even to teenagers, Darren Brown, you know, he kind of wanders around in a flat cap and I don't know if that's considered cool today or not. I mean, I, I live in Yorkshire. Everyone wandered around in flat caps. It's, you know, the coolest thing you can do, but I don't know down in <laughs> London whether it's a done thing or not. <laughs> I know uh, Darren Brown is currently, uh, he's just launched his show, Showman, uh, in the West End uh, to do a long run there in the West End. But Showman wasn't filmed and put on TV like the rest of his stage shows were. Um, so, yeah, it's not that he's become irrelevant. He is still doing what he's always done, but uh, he doesn't have that many TV specials anymore. I guess once you've uh, shot yourself in the face a few times doing Russian roulette and there's only so many people you can hypnotize and make them murder someone and stuff that before it maybe comes a little bit samey. Yeah. I definitely, definitely can see that. But no, that's been a brilliant discussion. So thanks, everyone. It's been short and sweet, but fantastic. That's been our spooky special, including our ghost host, Mikey, from Scare Track. Also been joined by Dan, Brett, and Sam. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you again in the next episode, and we'll see you again real soon. <laughs>